You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. cannot believe it, but it is episode 13 of Teach Better Talk. I am Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with the fabulous Jeff Gargas. I know we say this all the time, but we have so much in store for this episode, and I can't even get to that before I say hi to you, Jeff. So how are you doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Um, super, super excited. Uh, it's episode 13, as you said, um, and We've got an amazing educator with us today, and, and and Raymond, I apologize, I meant to ask and clarify that I'm going to say your last name properly, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Raymond Steinmetz? Steinmetz, yes. Steinmetz, all right, I got pretty good. So Raymond is, I'm excited about this because you know, Raymond's been in a lot of our uh, our mastery chats on Thursday night. We see him a lot, always contributing, always diving in. He's got his own, they, he's a co-host on a podcast, all kinds of really cool stuff. Um really excited. He's actually a K through eight math instructional coach um, and formerly a seventh grade math teacher in Portsmouth, uh, Rhode Island. Um, he's a regular com- columnist for eschoolnews.com. He's a guest blogger for uh, Educos and Post. And then, like I said, he's also the co-host of in- the Instant Re- Relevance podcast. Um, and they got the- his website. He's got uh, blendedlearningmath.com. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge that we are super excited to dive into, but first and foremost, before any of that, Raymond, how are you feeling right now? Feeling pretty good. You know, uh, I know that this is recorded ahead of time. Um, I, you know, don't want to give the date away, but I'll say it was a big holiday weekend towards the. <laughs> so uh, I had a lot of family in town, and uh, you know, I've got two little toddlers, so everybody's gone, everybody's to bed. I'm down here in my living room by myself talking to you guys. And I'm just ready, I guess, to start the work week tomorrow. So <laughs> feeling pretty good. You know, Jeff, is it weird for you that you're talking to two Rays right now? <laughs> no. Well, here, well, here, you want to throw a third one in there? My middle name is Raymond. So we got, like, we got Raymond, we got Raymond, we got middle name Raymond. It's like a, it's a party in here. I'm, I'm, in, I'm liking it. Like there's a certain chemistry that comes with that, I think. I'm telling you, special episode 13. That's just what it is. Well, Raymond, I know that Jeff gave you a fairly good introduction, but you know there's so much more that you're doing and so much more you want to expand on. So just when someone says, what do you do? What's your typical answer? I usually just kind of go with the blanket statement that I'm a teacher because that statement right there, I am extremely proud to be able to say because... In the past, before I was an educator, um, I actually, uh, before I became a teacher, I was a computer engineer for the financial industry. And, you know, it was early in my adult working career, but when people would ask me what I did back then, I wasn't always, you know, necessarily proud of everything that I did or, you know, it was complex. I just said I work with computers or something like that. So... When someone asks me now what I do, I I say it with pride and I say I'm a teacher. But then it's also, you know, I usually don't give any more specifics than that because I wait for the follow up questions from people to see, you know, usually if someone's really excited to hear about what you do or respects teachers or respects educators, they'll have a lot of follow up questions like, 
oh, what's that like? Or what do you teach? Or what grade level? Um, but it's pretty telling when you tell someone that you're a teacher and they don't really ask you any other questions after that. So that is a good way for me to kind of gauge where the conversation is going to go from there. Um, kind of just based on the response of, you know, I'm a teacher. And uh, do you have any questions about that kind of? Very good. I love it. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, you've done a lot. You're a teacher. You, you've done a lot of things in the education world. You've got a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of uh, a lot of experience and a lot of different things. Um, so I'm excited to hear where you where you go with this one. You know, I we we talk about failure a lot. That's not an uncommon thing to talk about, but uh, I think it's an important thing. It continues to be an important thing to discuss and to share and to and a great thing for us to learn from. So can you tell us about a time that you failed? Um, sort of take us there with you. What uh, you know, what it was that happened, um, how it felt when 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 it, when that failure came, and then you know, how did you overcome that, and then what did you learn? Yeah. Um- you know, just kind of going back, uh, and just to the fact that I wasn't, you know, always a teacher. Um, I did enter the teaching profession kind of in a, uh, an alternative certification way and, and had, uh, um, some, you know, I would say not an appropriate level of experience before I was thrown into the classroom. So the first thing I thought of when, you know, I was posed this question, um, was my first couple years of teaching. Just, I still look back at, especially my first year and second year as just a complete failure. Um, there were definitely good things that came out of that. And I wouldn't be the educator I am now without those experiences, but just looking at how ill-prepared I was to be in the classroom and to be a teacher and just looking back at just, you know, there's those cringeworthy moments that you still have in your head when you're trying to fall asleep at night, just things you said to students and things that you just, you did as a classroom teacher that you just would never do anymore. So, um, and, you know, I don't say that to discourage anybody uh, that wants to be an educator, but the first couple of years in the classroom are going to be kind of tough and you're going to be faced with a lot of decisions that you don't really know the answer to, or there might not be an answer to, um, you know, you're still getting your teacher voice. You're still getting comfortable with curriculum. You're still getting comfortable with classroom management. So, you know, even though I do look back at that, those first two years as, as a failure, um, just because there were so many of those, those types of moments, you know, the question of how did I overcome that or how, um, did I learn from that? Well, you know, I didn't let that mask me from re remembering the reason that I was there. And ultimately, the reason that I was there throughout even those hard times was for the students. And even if I look at those first two years as, as you know, a huge learning experience and somewhat of a failure, I still made connections with students that hopefully, you know, lasted a lifetime. I know they lasted a lifetime for me, but um, hopefully for them as well. So, you know, learning from that. And the good thing about teaching is, is every year you do kind of get this nice do over. And so not let making those same mistakes and learning from my practice and constantly wanting to be that better educator rather than coming to those typical first couple year teacher things that kind of drive everybody from the classroom and, you know, 
a lot of people who I've known in the past uh, that I started and went through this um, teacher education program with uh, ultimately did leave the classroom because some of those things, you know, took them over and uh, and uh, kind of kept them from finding the good parts about being in a classroom as well. Well, and I think that brings up a really valid point. I mean, when you're in the trenches, right, you're in the classroom, maybe it's your first time or maybe you're a few years in, those failures, those opportunities that that aren't those inspiring big moments, the ones that kind of bring you down, you have to make a choice, right? It's that choice to either see the silver lining that exists and, and throw yourself into those positive um, pieces that you can pull out of a negative situation or allow it to get to you. And so to, to be able to flip that as a teacher and say, okay, I can take this as a learning experience. I can grow from this. There's something positive out of it. There's good reflection I can take, and then I can do better next time. And you're right that that, that year, every year when it refreshes, it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to do that a little bit differently. And okay, I'm going to do this is a, this one a little bit differently too. It makes a huge impact. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, dis, you know, you don't want to discount the value of having that time to reflect and to do over some of the things that you've done before. And even though, you know, from the outside world, it might look like teaching can be repetitive. Um, you know, a teacher that is constantly kind of growing from those things and, and taking those things as a positive and learning from their mistakes and really getting to know the students, uh, Every every year is is certainly different, and you have different challenges, and you're at a different time in your abilities as an educator. So every year uh, really is not only a refresh, but you know, a, an opportunity to to make yourself better as an educator, which is exciting. You know, coming into a new school year. Very cool. So now let, let's flip that around. Now let's talk about a success that you've had, and this could be something big or or small, but. But tell us, tell us what happened. Why was it successful for you? Why did it feel successful to you? And then what did you take away from that? Yeah, so um, I would say that recently I've kind of found some pretty good success <laughs> with education and uh, my career. So, um, you know, I, I guess I didn't delve too, too much into uh, my credentials or anything like that. But um, I would have been starting my 10th year as a middle school um, math teacher this year, but I actually was offered a K to eight math instructional coach position, which I took. So this current school year that this will be broadcast, I, I will be working uh, at a district level between two elementary schools and a middle school uh, with 45 teachers <laughs> uh, who teach math in my district um, to kind of affect um, their teaching practices and then also do I found a lot of administrative work um, around the math programs that we were teaching in the district. So um, if I back up just a little bit, kind of how I found that success, uh, just coming from, you know, a classroom teacher who kind of, I always told myself that I would always be in the classroom because I enjoy it so much, even despite the challenges, um, you know, to why I ended up taking this position. Um, I would say early in April this year, I uh, really wanted to make a change in my classroom and I wanted to really take it from a teacher centered classroom and flip it around into a student centered classroom. And um, with the help of uh, a lot of different individuals, I ended up, uh, 
you know, going in headfirst and completely flipping around my classroom um, into a blended learning model. And for the last two to three months of the school year, I didn't teach at all in front of the classroom. So I taught only through blended learning uh, methodologies. I only taught through self-paced playlist. I only taught through video. Um, I taught through formative assessments uh, that I used, a couple different formative assessment products, and really using real-time data to inform my instruction. So I really took this leap, but at the same time, I started writing about it and providing assistance uh, to educators who are thinking about doing the same thing. So initially, I started doing that just on my own blog, which is blendedlearningmath.com, and then that turned into writing a regular column for eschoolnews.com about blended learning. And then um, I ended up applying for and I received several fellowships, one of which is uh, Teach Plus Policy Fellowship here in Rhode Island. And they got me connected with, um, uh, sorry, um, Education Post, who I have published a few articles with uh, just about just some random teaching policy topics that I'm interested in. So over the past few months, I've really gotten out there. Um, I've really started to engage with educators on Twitter. I've really started to write about a lot of these things. And um, ultimately, I mean, in such a short period of time, it really turned into me taking a completely different path um, into kind of instructional coaching rather than being a classroom teacher. Yeah, you know, Raymond, obviously our Teach Better team, our, our network that we're building knows a lot about self-paced classrooms. They know a lot about student-paced classrooms and really that transformation from a teacher focus to a student focus. But do you mind elaborating a little bit more on the specific blended learning elements they might be touching on today? Yeah, um, I've, in. by the way, I've written about a lot of this. <laughs> so if you're interested, you should definitely, first of all, if you're a, a newbie to blended learning, you should definitely ch check out websites like Blended Learning Universe, or even look at something like the Highlander Institute here in Rhode Island. I know, I think Ray, you went to their conference. No, we level. loved it. Yeah, it was one of our favorite conferences. And I'm looking at presenting this year. So I'm excited about that. Um, Fabulous. So if you're interested in blended learning, there is a lot to learn in that respect. Um, as far as what I was doing in my own classroom, I was doing more of a flex model of blended learning, um, providing students with self-paced activities in a playlist model. So basically just giving the students a hyperdoc um, in Google Classroom. That hyperdoc uh, just has a creative way for the students to check off what they've uh, gone through already. But what I did was in that hyperdoc playlist, if there was any time where I would normally have been teaching in front of the class, I ended up creating a short three, four minute video with an iPad and an Apple pencil, just taking a picture of the math problem that I was gonna do or taking a picture of the, the math book and talking over it and writing over it with my Apple pencil and providing the instruction in these short, small videos. So that's one piece of the playlist. The other pieces of the playlist include, you know, it could be a collaborative activity either online uh, or um, a collaborative activity where the, the students are 
you know, working on a math concept together on some inquiry based topic, but allowing the students to work through these things at their own pace. And ultimately what they end up doing is kind of, if you give them the space to let them work with whoever and at whatever pace you want, they end up kind of grouping themselves together and working together and persevering through uh, this work. And so I ended up only delivering instruction in these small two to three minute videos. Uh, the students group themselves. They work through self-paced activities uh, through this playlist. But I also used some formative assessment products like GoFormative and also IXL to give me real-time data about how the students were doing so that I can identify those students that need a push and an extension activity because they're flying through the work on their own. But it also allowed me to identify, you know, small groups, pull those small groups and work with them individually. So what my teaching really turned into was I was no longer up in front of the class, leading the class, you know, boring students with a lecture going through problems for everybody. It turned into me be, becoming the guide on these self-paced days, helping individually or in groups or saying, okay, you got this. Uh, let's go ahead and maybe, you know, do some sort of small project off to the side because you've already mastered it and you need an extension uh, to your learning. So uh, it completely changed the role, uh, my role in the classroom. Yeah, you know, your whole concept of really making your classroom student focus, getting students what they need, when they need it, is really the epitome of what, what we've also continued to do. I mean, this network of, of educators that are truly dedicated to finding a way to shift education just to truly be student-focused. And I have to say, especially since I've uh, partnered with the Teach Better team and, and learned more about the grid method, I mean, this is what's getting me excited about education right now, really this focus on transforming classrooms to meet students' needs where they're at and focus more on their understanding more than anything else. Um, can I ask you, what gets you excited about education right now? I guess now in my, my new role, uh, where really I am working mostly with teachers and providing them resources and coaching them and going into their classrooms and watching lots and lots of different people teach. I guess the thing that gets me excited is how do we take those innovators and those kind of, uh, you know, those educators who are ready to try something new, who are tech savvy, who can take a new app or take a new concept and be those people on the bleeding edge trying new things. And uh, how do I foster that, I guess, in more people? And how do I take some great ideas like self-paced learning, for instance, or uh, some, some of these blended learning methodologies or even some of these formative assessment technologies that I really like using? How do I make those accessible to other educators and not just those like bleeding edge educators, like educators who think it's a good idea, want to try it, but need probably a little bit more guidance than, you know, someone who's right on top of this or really good at, with technology. And then also, you know, beyond kind of that class of educator, but also how do we kind of 
produce a sales pitch to say to these educators who have kind of been teaching the same way for a very long time, you know, if we just do a couple things with technology, it could really make your class a little bit more relevant for your students, make it you a little bit more efficient. So how do we get the buy-in from those educators as well? So really, you know, taking things that I found interesting in my own classroom, other educators are doing that are really innovative. And how do I really scale that and introduce that to the teachers who, you know, I'm providing coaching to? Absolutely. So Jeff, I am really interested in how Raymond is going to answer your epic six question in 15 seconds. <laughs> you know that this makes me so anxious when teachers do this part. So I'm crossing my fingers for you, Raymond. And so we're going to do this. What we're going to do is we're going to do six questions right here. But we're going to do them. You need to answer in 15 seconds or less. And that's what gets Ray all nervous. Because I do this to Ray all the time too, just like in our day-to-day -day life. Um, so are you ready to go? You ready? Yeah. Go for he right, doesn't do seem this. nervous. So here we go. Six questions, 15 seconds or less. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Go formative. What, uh, what is a book that you're reading right now? Uh, Growth Mindset Coach. Um, I believe it's by Annie Brock. And who do we need to follow on Twitter or social media today? You should follow uh, Math Dennis NJ. That's uh, Dennis Sharon, the co-host of the Instant Relevance podcast, which you can also follow at, at Instant Rel. Awesome. What's the bed, uh, best YouTube channel for educators? Uh, Edusations with Phil Strunk, who is also a, a fabulous educator who can be found active on Twitter. Yes, he is. Phil's awesome. Uh, what is one daily, weekly, monthly, uh, or I'm sorry, daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every educator should get into? Asking students for feedback. Oh, they are your customers. Awesome. They should be the ones that you know provide you with direction. Absolutely. And what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Um, the students don't have to like you, but they have to respect you. And I kind of have taken that, I guess, in a lot of places in my life. You know, not everybody has to like you, but they should respect you. Love it. I think you hit it right. I think you hit all. I know. Of them maybe right I'm the only one that gets nervous for these. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he didn't care. He killed he was it. Calm. He was calm and cool. Cool collected. and collected. I know. Well, I guess Raymond, I have the most important question. You've shared so much today about your classroom, what you're doing this year, working with teachers, your experience with blended learning, all your writing. I really want people to know how to continue this conversation with you after listening to our epic podcast. So, how can people connect with you? First, they can uh, get a hold of me at Blended Learning Math on Twitter. Um, you can follow at Instant Rel as well because that's uh, the Instant Relevance Podcast Twitter handle. Uh, you can subscribe to the Instant Relevance Podcast on any major pl uh, podcasting platform as well as uh, you can find me at www.blendedlearningmath.com. Awesome. So you guys know that we will link all of those uh, links, all the, the – um the links to the website and the, the different things that he and resources that Ray has uh, mentioned. Everything is going to be over in the episode uh, notes over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links uh, for connecting with Ray Raymond so you can keep the conversation going. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. We'll also most definitely link the podcast um, as well so you can jump, jump over to that, subscribe to that, and start listening and learning with them as well. 
Um, be sure to hit subscribe here so you don't miss any of the ep episodes coming up. And if you can give us a little rating and a review, we'd really appreciate that as well. Raymond, really, truly appreciate you taking so much time with us today and hanging out and, and sharing your thoughts and your stories with us. Um, we really, truly appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Great. Until next time, guys, let's get out there. Let's teach better. Mm -hmm.